Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose, I'm going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after, and go and fulfill that purpose? Today, we have a pretty cool guest on, a guy that I've known for quite a long time. Uh, he knew me when I was pretty young and immature, uh, when he was quite the opposite of that. Uh, he was my RA in college. He is uh, what I know him to be, a man of God. Uh, he is a husband. Jacob Osborne, how are you? Good. How are you, Haas? Oh, you know, I'm doing okay. <laughs> we had a, <laughs> uh, a bit of a debacle uh, getting you in here. You've been my first uh, in-house guest for... Uh, in, in quite a while and uh, you know struggles just just straight struggling we have been on the struggle bus uh, for about 35 minutes here um, my hardware decided not to work today so uh, actually what we're doing right now for those of you that are listening uh, we have a zoom meeting going Jacob is in a recliner in my living room attached to a five foot ethernet cord I am in a spare bedroom attached to a 100 foot ethernet cord uh, we have two mics on two different laptops and we're doing a zoom meeting. So uh, if you get anything, uh, get a lesson out of this podcast up to this point, it would be do whatever you got to do to make it work. Um, don't let uh, <laughs> adverse circumstances uh, get you down. Like I said, we came here, we were supposed to be recording by six. It's now six thirty-five. We sat down to record and one of my USB ports crapped out on me. Um, so we have tried everything under the sun to, uh, make it work. And finally, we found a solution. So uh, Jacob, thank you for having patience with me and getting all this to work. Of course. <laughs> yeah, just got to be inventive sometimes just to make it happen. Yeah, and he actually didn't have a choice. He was in my house and my doors locked from the outside. So he was going to make it work whether he liked it or not. So um... <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, Jacob, what is your purpose? I think that uh, when I think about my purpose, um, I think it, it has multiple facets to it. Um, but I think the main purpose uh, for me and for my life is uh, to honor God with my life uh, that uh, he's given me and uh, uh, just follow um, his example through uh, Jesus, um, bringing all that home. Uh, just through my life and telling others about him and trying to lead that example, disciple others. And, um, and then some of the small things uh, that I would say are minor purposes throughout that is um, just got married here recently. And so I think part of that purpose that kind of uh, comes out as well as being a good husband, um, doing well in my job, um, being an engineer with Excel um, energy, the power company here. And um I think that um, my my main purpose and uh, just being uh, a Christian, honoring God, that that bleeds over into everything um, and all the other purposes and um, basically just titles that I might have in my life. And so, yes, sir. Yeah, it's kind of a uh, I've said this multiple times before, but it's kind of a trump card because uh, you know I I had this idea when I started this podcast. You know, every purpose was going to be 
every purpose was going to be different and like everybody was going to have these unique purposes. And then uh, I started, you know, going to church and getting involved with more Christians and uh, the, the men of God that I have on, they're like, well, my purpose is to be a man of God and it covers everything. And I love it so much because it's like the ultimate purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, some people like my, my purpose is to uh, be a good husband, be a good father and be a good leader to those around me. And that's just a really long way of saying for those, you know, those men of God, they say, well, my purpose is to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ or uh, to, to honor God. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all wrapped up in that. And so I really like it. I've said this time and time again, but I really like it when I get uh, Christians on the podcast that um, have that purpose because it is all encompassing. Um yeah, and we are actually recording for the One Flesh podcast. So uh, the podcast that is all about marriage uh, shows on Wednesday, releases on Wednesday nights. This podcast is 100% podcast series is 100% about marriage. It's about how to uh, find a girl, how to marry her and how to keep her, uh, keep her around, keep her, make her your wife and uh, keep it that way. So um, the main reason that I wanted to have you on is because you are freshly married. Is that correct? How about how long have you been married? Uh, we are coming up almost on two months now. So uh, March 13th was our wedding. And uh, today, of course, like you said, I guess airing on Wednesdays, we're on a Tuesday, May 8th right now. So uh, we're getting close to that two month mark. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, we, uh, we met y'all, I guess, like I said, I met you when you were my RA and I was probably a lot less, a uh, lot less tolerable to be around. Um, and then we kind of reconnected with uh, you and your wife, Tiffany. We ran into each other, I believe at the Hobby Lobby um, and kind of connected and said, hey, uh, we want to hang out at some point. And that was right around December, Christmas time, early December, I think. And we've hung out a couple times since. And uh, it would be kind of an understatement to say that uh, you and, and Tiffany haven't been, it would be an understatement to say that y'all have been an influence on us because, you know, we started going to church. We started uh, doing things like that because we see people like uh, you, Tiffany, uh, Cade Carter, Katie Carter, uh, those those types of people that have come into our lives that uh, we want to be like. We we like the we like what y'all have to offer. We like... Uh, we like it. And when we started hanging out with y'all, we said, Hey, look, there's some people that may have it kind of figured out. And so I do want to thank you, uh, for being, <laughs> being open-minded enough to, uh, to, to come back and, uh, be our friend. Cause like I said, I know I wasn't the most easy person to deal with in college. So, um, <laughs> thanks for being willing to to influence us in that way. Of course, man, that, no, that's encouraging to hear, but, um, yeah, no, we've we've enjoyed getting to spend time with y'all and um it's it's fun to get to get uh to reconnect after college so i know that's been a little bit for both of us and so it's it's fun to see a familiar face and uh just running into you like you said in hobby lobby um yeah i don't think that was just by coincidence so yeah well it definitely wasn't by coincidence i think it has something to do with uh you know men in hobby lobby i've heard that there's actually scientific research that they uh they reek pheromones of desperation and then they find each other in the hobby lobby. So like, you know, um, when men and, and their wives are in hobby lobby, we just secrete this, this desperation pheromone. And then we just kind of flock to each other, uh, for, for help, but, um, it never helps me. But anyway, I believe that's, that's why we ran into each other at the hobby lobby because we were both <laughs> desperately trying to leave, but, uh, no, that's, 
but we probably weren't paying as much attention to all the decorations that our wives were looking at and looking around just trying to notice everything else too so yeah yeah we, once we connected and said hey that's not something just decor. That's a person I know. And it's not uh, all this decoration stuff that I might not be as interested in. Yeah, yeah. That's something that I don't have to spend money on in this store is a good conversation <laughs> with somebody that I know. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway, man. Um, yeah. So y'all are, y'all are newlyweds. And uh, one thing that I really wanted to talk with you about is that, uh, you know, my, <clears throat> how do I put this? My opinions on, um, my opinions on kind of dating and marriage, uh, have changed quite a bit over the past couple months. And, and I say quite a bit, uh, they've changed. I've always been somewhat, uh, consistent on the fact that, uh, marriage is, you know, a, a big commitment and that, uh, it needs to be a serious commitment and you should take that seriously always through dating, uh, into marriage. But one thing that I guess two things that have, uh, really changed for me recently, or my opinion on has changed recently, is uh, dating, uh, how do I put it, uh, living together before marriage and sex before marriage. And one thing that I really respected about you and Tiffany's relationship is that uh, y'all did it, what I think to be now the right way, um, which is not living together and not having sex before marriage. And so I wanted to get your thoughts on that, because most of the people that I talk to, uh, didn't actually do it that way. You know, Cade, Cade and Katie did. Uh, so I've had him on the podcast, but I want to get a bunch of different perspectives. And so uh, if you don't mind, um, I would like to talk about talk about that a little bit. And uh, if you if you don't mind describing why y'all chose to go that route, uh, and maybe some of the benefits that you had from it. Um, I think, I guess it goes back to kind of um, just kind of what we believe in about um, marriage and sex and how that um, is uh, explained, I guess, in a God context. And so uh, under his creation, what he uh, means for each of those and how he created them. Um, and so I think one of the big reasons why we chose not to do that was um, just reading God's word and um understanding that that's not what he made it for and so he made sex to be um, within a uh, man and woman uh, covenant marriage and um, anything outside that is outside of his creation and I think as um, you know people and you get to um, even if you experience that outside of marriage and uh, you can see the effects of that and see that uh, at least for me, um, that it was this way where I could see how, um, that affected people, uh, when that wasn't done in the way God intended and whether that's, um, like people getting together, um, basically doing everything under the sun, except for getting married and then breaking up. Um, that's just, that's a, a, a big deal. And that just the, um, I'm trying to think of how to say this, but the, the relation between those and uh, what is given and taken in that is is really hard and so um, sex is meant to be within that uh, covenant marriage where I mean that man and woman there we, we talk about this often um, throughout our marriage counseling but um, the idea of divorcing divorce like divorce isn't an option and so um, I think it creates a level of safety too that you feel um, when you enter in to anything like marriage um and uh just talking about sex too 
And so I think it makes you uh, have that feeling of safety. And so um, we, I think looking back, we've talked about this even after marriage, we, we were glad that we waited and just that um, excitement and level of anticipation um, was awesome. And so uh, not to say it wasn't hard, it was super yeah. hard. And so um, I understand people that uh, like try to do that, or even people that uh, might have sex before marriage or something and just think, man, I, I messed up and that was, that was hard. And I just gave in and <clears throat> like, it is hard. Like that, that temptation is definitely there. And especially when you're attracted to that person. And I think it's even harder, the younger you are, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. And that makes so, sense. Yeah. The, I think one thing that I was talking about with another person was that just the, um, the emotional, the extra emotional connection that comes uh, with having sex before marriage and, and kind of the way what really changed the conversation for me was when Cade Carter put it in terms of, and I, yeah, Cade, Cade kind of said this, I've, I've heard it before and I was kind of thinking it, um, I had kind of thought it before, but when he said it, it really kind of sealed the deal was in terms of, of just risk, like the risk that you're putting yourself at, uh, not only physically with the possibility of having a child, but, uh, you know, emotionally by building that emotional connection without the the institution of marriage around you. Uh, at that point, when, when you really think about it like that, it does make sense to uh, it does make sense to wait until marriage. So I, I do have a question. You said it was you said it was difficult uh, to with, you know, to abstain, I guess, is the word. Uh, the the actual technical word you said it was it was difficult to not have sex uh, while you were dating tell me a little bit about you know do you think that that played any part in your decision to get married and I'm going to try to ask this question delicately because and, and I'm doing it as kind of a devil's advocate because what you hear a lot from the other side is that um, that anticipation to have sex can cause people to rush into rush into a commitment that they're not quite ready for. And I've always kind of, I don't know. I've, I've had, I have mixed feelings about it because I think that people ought to get married a lot quicker than what they do. Sometimes uh, I think people draw out the dating stage uh, pretty often and they end up doing really, they end up doing married people things without the institution of marriage. But I can also see that, you know, the idea of uh, people rushing into something, uh, because they are tempted. Tell me a little bit about that, the the role that that temptation played on your decision to uh, get married to Tiffany. Hmm. I don't think that that temptation necessarily played a big role of a, yes, we're going to get married. No, we're not. But I mean, I, I would see it as like, I know at least that I'm attracted to this person. I think if you're going to get married to someone, like I feel like you have to have some level of attraction towards them. I think that's a, some aspect of it. And so um, I would say it like that, at least that, I mean, Hey, I knew that I was attracted to my now wife. And I think that's a good thing. Um, the, the struggle, I, I think that um, one of the attractive things about her um, that helped me think this uh, just another um, great thing about her is she was on the same page as me. And so we both had the, the understanding 
hey, we don't want to do this before marriage. And so we had conversations. And, and that was one big thing that I think that um, helped us so much during the dating process and then leading up to marriage is because we had those, we had hard conversations about all kinds of different things. And um, I feel like in dating relationships, there's so many people that wait to have hard conversations and that's so detrimental. And um, it was really cool. Um, we love our pastor, Anthony Watt. And um, he was the one that uh, married us. We've uh, known him for a little while. I'm in his men's group that meets every week. And uh, he's been a great um, influence in my life, as well as just a, a leader for a lot of guys roughly my age. And when we did our premarital counseling with him too, some of those hard questions that came up, um, <clears throat> we'd already talked about. And so um, in ours, um, I don't know if you kind of know some more of our story, but I mean, like we got engaged and then four months later, maybe, maybe five, we got married. And so that's not very much time, uh, to have a lot of hard conversations if you haven't had them. And so, yeah. um, I'm so glad that we did. And some of those two, um, were about sex and whatnot. And, um, I feel like if you don't have those, it's going to be even harder. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, something that, I was kind of thinking about as well. Um, you know, if you're not, uh, if you're not bumping and pushing and shoving in the evenings, then that frees up a lot of time to have hard conversations, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, um, if yeah. you're not, if you're not doing the deed, you know, after date night every night, well then, uh, you got to fill the time with something. And I feel like maybe some of those couples that do end up waiting, uh, they probably do have some of those hard conversations because uh, you're probably trying to avoid the thought of having sex. <laughs> and so I also saw the the benefit there. Do you think there's any truth to that statement? Um, to like just having more time, you said? Well, or... like, you know, my, my thought is that, you know, <laughs> there has to be some level of great. Let me let me break this down. Uh, I get, get a little bit more, I guess, intellectual with it is there has to be some higher form of intimacy. And a lot of people take that next step in the relationship uh, with sex. It's dating, it's the, you know, the kind of puppy love. And then, uh, then immediately it's sex as that higher form of intimacy. If you've already ruled that out as a higher form of intimacy, my brain goes to, okay, now we're going to have hard conversations. Um, and I, I was kind of phrasing that as a, you know, if you're not doing the deed, then now you have time to have hard conversations. But the, the real point there is that I think that that higher level of intimacy becomes those hard conversations because you're trying, you know, not to have sex. So what are we going to talk about? Well, you know, uh, what gets me the least prepared to have sex is like finances. So maybe we're going to talk about, you know, finances to get our mind off of sex, um, have those hard conversations, uh, as a higher form of intimacy. Do you think that that was, uh, that rang true at all in your relationship? Um, I, because like we weren't having sex. Yeah. We, we definitely had more time to do, talk and do other things. And so I, I would say yeah, that well, that helped, but, um, I, yeah. Well, and the, the, the time factor was kind of a joke. It's more of like the, uh, you need to be more intimate with a person. Like you want to get to know that person. You want to get closer to that person. And so my, my oh, yeah. thought was that, you know, if you're not doing that with sex, that's when you have the harder conversations is because you're trying to get to that more intimate level with that person. Do you think that that kind of rings true? Sorry. Yes. Um, I, I, I think so. And so, yeah, yeah. If you're just in it for the, the physical, 
aspect. Like, yeah, you're going to miss out on uh, so much more. And um, yeah, later down the road, I think that bites a lot of people and you hear about that and you see that and it just like um, hearing stories about divorce and um, people that I know, man, um, they go right after the physical aspect and then they find out uh, by not having those intimate, more intimate conversations or just the, the serious ones um, really. Um, and they find out, Hey, this person, they, they didn't even want kids and I totally do. And now we're married and we're in this situation. And so, um, and again, going back to the idea, like, um, in my mind, just reading God's word and talking about divorce, like God does not like divorce. And so like having like me and Tiffany, we just, we don't even have that as an option on the table. And so, um, I think that was another reason why we wanted to have those conversations. And some people, they just don't want to have those conversations. Um, and so I, I think that's very necessary to, to build that intimacy as well as just like, um, understand each other because you want to know who you're marrying. If you don't know who you're marrying, you should not be marrying. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And, uh, you know, I do think that, and that's what I was going to ask you earlier is that maybe it didn't, maybe it didn't, uh, delay the decision to be married, but, or, uh, it, maybe it didn't expedite the decision to be married, but it definitely seemed like it expedited the, uh, the engagement. Like you said, <laughs> the, uh, uh, <laughs> the engagement wasn't very long. So, and I know that's probably wasn't the only reason I don't think engagement should be very long either, but I, I wouldn't doubt that once y'all finally put a ring on it, you're like, all right, let's get this done. <laughs> let's get it done. Let's go. We yeah. Need it now. <laughs> so, yeah. We talked to a couple of our friends. So we've had friends get married on and off for the past, like, three four years and every yeah. one of them it seemed like leading up to like us getting engaged said don't have a long engagement it makes that temptation so much worse and then it puts you in those situations where you're just like well hey like i have a ring on it but it's like not quite official but it's official enough like you start playing those in your head and it it makes it even harder and so um yeah my advice even from my experience like yeah don't drag it out at the engagement it's gonna make that even worse for you the temptation for both of you um but uh yeah i i think it yeah. was it was good for us so uh, up to that point um i we had had those conversations already and we built that in intimacy and that knowledge of each other and um i think everybody has a list of things that are make it or break it and so yeah. if this person checks all the major things and that's kind of what I thought with Tiffany and even more, I was like, I feel good with us becoming engaged and moving forward in that way. And so um, I didn't have a lot of questions necessarily leading up to that point or at that point on during that engagement. So that helped it uh, become or uh, be a quicker process for us. So that makes sense. And so let me, uh, Again, I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. So some of these questions might be seem a little odd, especially coming from me as, as you know me. But um, was there any worry that there, there's this idea of, you know, sexual compatibility that, uh, you know, couples, they, they'll give the excuse of having sex before marriage so that they know that they're sexually compatible or that they, you know, compatible in the bedroom. Was there any worry about that not being the case or, uh, you know, you've been married for two months now. Um, in my experience, you know, we didn't wait before marriage and it was always, I mean, 
for the first, you know, six months that we were having sex or whatever, it was still awkward. Like there wasn't, <laughs> you know, of course she's the only woman I've had sex with, but, um, a lot of people say, oh, well, you need to, you need to make sure that you're physically compatible with this person. And I, I personally think that that's a load of shit. Uh, I, I think that you're going to have to work through some things, no matter who you, who you get with. Was there any worry, uh, before, you know, committing to this person, for the rest of your life that that would be an issue and then was it an issue i i I think that i um kind of think more towards like where you're at with it where i I don't think that that that's something that um people should just be hey i need to go and find this out before i get married with this person whatnot so kind of just going back to like yeah i don't believe in just people having sex before marriage and so i think it causes more harm than good but um talking about um whether i was worried or not about it um i would say no um i mean i think that everybody probably has that pop up into their head now just because of our day and age like our culture puts that out there so much like what you're saying like that there's there's people out there that say that like that is the way to go every time and you've got to find out and i i don't believe that and so um i don't think i was worried during that um but i, w- I wouldn't say that it didn't like pop up at one point but um i think a thought and then it it's fleeing and i don't think about it again it's not me being worried so um yeah. but i don't uh, to your point too i think every couple um has to figure each other out and so um, I think you're not going to go in to any relationship and just be um, perfect at anything. And so just like sex, I think you have to um, work at it and you have to figure things out. And like I'm two months in and so uh, to being married. And so like marriage has been great, but I would say that we're still figuring things out in all kinds of aspects. And so um, you, you think that, you know, someone so well, and um, you, you find out you don't. And when people say that, I feel like it, it has a negative context behind it. People think, Oh no, you didn't really know him. Is there something wrong? And it's like, no, it's like until like, so Tiffany and I, we didn't live together either. And so that puts another con uh, aspect of learning each other. And so like I knew, I feel like all the big things, but let's just say uh, my dad likes to mess with me about that uh, or about something. And he's like, oh, did she find out that you just throw your socks and everything on the floor and she doesn't like it? I'm like, no, that's that's not uh, what we've learned about each other. But for some people, it is. It's just like throwing dirty clothes on the floor and someone else getting mad about it. And uh, the little things that people do, it's just like their quirks or just like whatever it is. Um, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're, we're still learning little things about that. And so like, for instance, um, she likes to sleep with uh, everything pitch black. And <laughs> I have this street light right out my window and it shines in a little bit. She, she cannot stand that. So she got these blackout curtains and I'm, I can sleep through anything. So, um, I kind of see myself as like a grizzly bear. Once I go to sleep, I'm in hibernation and until I wake up. And so that was something I had to learn and we've changed things to where both of us sleep good. And, uh, but that's just part of it and uh, sex and everything else that I think it's the same way you got to learn that person. And, um, one way that like my discipleship we group and our um, marriage counseling like to talk about it is like it's not 50 50 
it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You're both a hundred percent into things. And, uh, a great way that I, I try to remind myself of and uh, just treating Tiffany and just living life is like, uh, like loving her, like out loving her. And so um, I think that you can do that in life and everything in sex, like in marriage, just out loving your spouse. And so I think that's a great idea um, to try and live out. Yeah, man, that, that makes a lot of sense, dude. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to do a really kind of bad analogy for that, but you know, people back to the, the original, the physical compatibility aspect of it, uh, what it really boils down to, I think you hit the nail on the head is just experience. Like, um, you hear people that, how do I put this have been, uh, they're well experienced. Let me put it that way. And they say, Oh, you've got to find, you know, the right person that's, you know, physically that you're physically compatible with before you enter into a lifelong commitment. Well, you know, if you're going to build a house and you're going to enter into a contract with somebody, um, if you've got a lot of experience in that, well, yeah, it's going to be easier to build a house with somebody who's also got a lot of experience. Like, um, you know, you're still going to figure each other out a little bit, but you've both been building houses for a while. Uh, you know, no matter which way, the, the first time you go to build a house, uh, it's going to be complicated no matter who your partner is building that house because neither of you have any experience. Uh, sex is, in my estimation, exactly the same. Uh, you know, you have to learn uh, how it works. You have to learn the other person. And so um, just to that point is if, if you are worried about, oh, we need to be physically compatible. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a worry. And Jacob, it sounds like it wasn't really a worry for you and wasn't an issue um, after you actually got married, correct? No. Exactly. Exactly. I, th I, I think it's, yeah, good, good stuff. Um, you're, you're singing the song of my people, Jacob. Uh, and to your, to your next point that you, you're going to have to learn a lot uh, about somebody and, and the no living together, you know, the main reason that, you know, Cade talked about not living together is so that you won't have sex. <laughs> but yeah, um, the other reason I think not to live together is because of the kind of trivial things that you were talking about that may seem like a really, really big deal. If you don't have the institution of marriage uh, surrounding your relationship, people will get irrationally scared and worried about things that don't matter uh, when they're not in, you know, a covenant of marriage. So for example, if you say you y'all weren't married and you decided to live together, well, you know, marriage is, it's a, it's a tough thing. And it's something that uh, a lot of people can get pretty nervous about. And if, you know, you find out that Tiffany likes, you know, really, really pitch black room to sleep in and you're not a, a you know, a big fan of that, which it's not that you're not a big fan. You can sleep through it. Let's, let's use something that would like that, that pleases her and irritates you. Let's, let's see like a fan. Maybe she sleeps with a fan on 24 seven, uh, but the fan dries you out. Uh, and you didn't know that about her before you married her, but y'all moved in together. You're thinking about getting married to this person. Uh, and then she stays over or uh, y'all are living together. And then she finally lets you know that she has to sleep with a fan on. Well, then because of that extra nervousness of the marriage, to me, it always seems like that's going to bleed heavily into this now problem that really isn't an issue. You know what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Like you're going to get overworked up about that one problem because you don't, you know, you haven't already passed the milestone of marriage. And now once you're married, these aspects really aren't that big of a deal. What Give me your thoughts on that of how, um, did you have anything in the, in the, in the dating portion, even not living together, but did you have anything that maybe you kind of 
blew up because you know you had that nervousness about marriage was there anything like that that maybe wasn't quite an issue but you were maybe nervous about getting married that you kind of made it a bigger issue than what it was do you get what i'm trying to say uh, yeah i think i get what you're trying to say there and so like uh, to your idea um i do think that people um that let, let's just say the people that draw out that marriage like some of those little things beca- can become big things and uh, it, it can definitely um not be a deal breaker and it becomes one and yeah. um if you're not married which i don't think you should just get married so that things don't come up because things will still come up but like you're saying if you see marriage as like a covenant um between you uh, y'all and god and like if you're in it for the long haul you're not um uh, you're taking divorce off the table you're divorcing divorce um like some of those things that are menial and like small in the grand aspect of everything um can kind of fall to the wayside now like they can still be frustrating. You, know, you still might have to talk to each other about them, um, like in marriage, because like Tiffany, and I like we do that sometimes too. like little things come up, we talk about it and we're good. And so um, but in the grand scheme of things, it's I, I like to call small potatoes. <laughs> so yeah. um, but I, I think that um, when um, I, I have friends, I've known people um, that they basically do everything. I mean, uh, live together, everything you can think of. It's like they're married, but they're not married. And um, it's so easy if something comes up because of there's not that covenant there that uh, you can say, oh, well, I mean, we're not married. I'm out. You know, yeah. that, that becomes such an easy thing. And just in case, like, it's an easy out. And um, I've seen so many people um, take that out. And it makes it so much harder, especially after, Hey, you've had sex, you live together and you have that emotional attachment going back to, uh, like having sex before you're married, like that, the emotion that's in that, the, it's more than just an act, um, something that you do. And that, um, ties you together in a way that, I mean, like you talk about people that have baggage and emotional baggage and stuff. Um, like, having sex outside of marriage and like taking that experience and stuff into another relationship, that's part of that. And, uh, it can, it can be hard, especially if that's been a bad experience. And so, um, I think in a marriage, uh, with two people trying to work through everything, uh, that can have a better outcome. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I think a better way to, uh, to say what I was trying to say is that, uh, by living together before marriage, it, it introduces, more possible distractions from the real point of, you know, trying to figure out who that person is and how they're going to live, you know, the principles that guides that person. Uh, when you go to live together before you get married, the the worst, the worst thing that you can do is create all of those live together distractions uh, before you get married and not actually get to the root of who that person is. Those hard conversations that you were talking about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, that's a good point. And like you said, just the extra, emotional risk that you're taking by living together having sex doing all of those things is not it's not good and it can hurt a lot of people um it does hurt a lot of people and you know i've seen some kind of like you i've seen some relationships that i think that if they would have gotten married earlier than what they did uh that whatever problem caused them to break up they probably could have worked through it uh they they probably could have worked through it um so let's let's talk a little bit about uh 
we talked, you know, about your life before marriage, and we've talked a little bit about your life after marriage, but uh, I want to dive, you know, dive a little bit deeper into your, into your life uh, after marriage. Actually, let's, instead of diving deep, I want to talk specifically kind of about uh, the wedding and get your thoughts on the wedding, because that's always kind of stressful for, for people, you know, for some dudes, it, if it's being paid for, some dudes don't care. Uh, if dudes are paying for it, then dudes kind of start to get a little bit more worried about uh, what the wedding is going to look like. So tell me a little bit about your experience uh, planning a wedding with Tiffany. What were the stress points? Uh, what would you do differently uh, all the way up until the point that you say I do and uh, y'all ran off to Jamaica. So all the way up to uh, all the way up to the honeymoon. Uh, tell me what you would have done differently or and how it went. Do you want me to put the uh, engagement ring shopping in there too, by chance? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go for it. It, so it sounds like you might have a, a, a thought on that. So yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, I, I highly suggest um, trying to figure out what kind of ring uh, your significant other might want. Um, <laughs> just ask questions around. I mean, ask friends, ask family, whatever it is. If you're really going to try and make it a surprise and not ask her anything, make it a surprise and just go with it. But um, in my case, I just wanted to make sure whatever she got, she was going to like. And everybody told me uh, she will like whatever you get her. And I think there's probably some truth in that. I uh, didn't go that route just to get anything um, to see if she would like it. Uh, I knew she was ready for us to get married too, but I wanted her to be, love her ring. And so I quizzed her with a few questions, um, at least got an idea of what she liked, what kind of style. And so uh, she liked round cut diamonds. Uh, she liked some uh, liked something a little bit more um, dainty, let's say. Um, so nothing uh, super thick or anything like that. Um, she didn't really like a lot of diamonds along the band or anything like that either. And so, um, I got a few details and I ran with it and, um, she said she wanted I, a big round rock. She said, I want big round rock <laughs> and I want a well, band and that's it. <laughs> pretty, pretty close. But yeah, she, uh, she didn't want something super, super big either. She didn't, she's just not a very big flashy person necessarily but yeah. um I, I i ended up getting her a size bigger than what she wanted still just because i wanted her to have something like that and i think that's always a good way to do that um uh, but uh through the process do your homework look at um diamonds um look at um lab grown diamonds um look at moissanite whatever your budget is don't out oh, outspend what uh you can afford um and um there's a lot of options out there. Um, it's better if you can go into a place, get your hands on it. Um, if you can't get your hands on it and you find the perfect one online, man, go into a local jewelry store. And most of the time, their jeweler can draw up an AutoCAD file of the diamond from online and, or the diamond, the ring, and it'll be almost an exact match. And so if you see one and you still want it to be done locally, there's options for that. I have a, a friend at work. He just did that and turned out perfect for him, just like what he wanted. And I actually did that too with one of mine. Um, I actually changed rings and had some other stuff happen with it, but I did my homework, diamonds, clarity, all that. It, it was good. So that's a, just a little bit of advice on that, but um, kind of moving into wedding stuff. Um, I think the general culture uh, is guys aren't as involved, don't have as many decisions. It's not really about you. And I think there's truth and a little bit of uh, 
untruth there. So um, I, I think that uh, it depends on your spouse who you're marrying to, but um, I would just try to be as helpful as you can. That's what I try to do during my whole process. And uh, I had a few opinions and I gave them and um, I think you have to be careful how you do that. And you have to be very gracious and <laughs> when, when you offer advice and uh, if they ask for opinions and man, uh, I think we went with probably 90% or more of what uh, Tiffany wanted. And I'm totally fine with that. If she was happy with it, I was happy with it. And I think that's a good way to look at things because um, I'm, I'm not, worried as much about the wedding honestly i was uh excited about the wedding but i was also excited about um the honeymoon and so i was uh planning more of the honeymoon side and she was planning all the wedding stuff and so um talk about expenses and stuff like that i know um that can be different for everyone's situations like you said some people if you're paying all of that out of pocket like yeah you're probably going to be want to be a little bit more involved i had a buddy i think uh, they were going to spend, oh, what was it? Like a thousand bucks on flowers. And one <laughs> piece of advice is you don't have to have real flowers. Like fake flowers look just as nice and they're way cheaper. And that was one of his deals. He was paying for the wedding. He was like, let's just do these $350, $400 flowers instead of $1,000 flowers and save a little cash. And that's what they ended up doing. And once she got to see those and... um it brought her in on that decision. It wasn't like a, Hey, this is what we're doing. Like you, you don't try and do that. Like you, I, I would say offer uh, like options and let her see those and then make a decision together. So, but I know that's what he did in his situation. And um, based off that, that's kind of how I did mine. So um, man, reach out to buddies, anyone that you know, that's been through weddings recently, um, get their opinions on things. They might even have a great caterer that says, Oh yeah, I'll do your wedding. Here's here's their number. So, yeah, but. no, I I agree heavy heavily with you on uh most of those points. The uh with the engagement ring, I think Moissanite is a great tool. Um, Moissanite is is awesome. I think that uh, in my opinion, nobody's gonna tell the difference. And honestly, like if she doesn't ask, like my my opinion would be number one, if she's gonna care whether it's Moissanite or real diamond. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe she does care. And if she wants a one carat diamond and you can't afford it, uh, try to sell the moissanite. But, uh, with me, what I did is I bought moissanite and I just didn't say anything until DLN asked. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, it's, it's moissanite. And, uh, but I was able to get her a much bigger diamond. And I plan on in like 20, 25 years, probably 25 year anniversary, uh, replacing it with a, with a real diamond, you know, a real, true you know twenty thousand dollar or whatever uh diamond and making that ring a, a family heirloom uh i'm mm -hmm. i'm a big fan of that route and honestly i really do think unless she's always just like unless that one thing is the ring uh, unless the ring is just the one thing that she's got to have if she is picky mm -hmm. about the ring i i <laughs> you need to you need to rethink because uh you know, if she wants the, the $10,000 dress and the $20,000 ring and the, you know, $15,000 venue, uh, she might be a little bougie. And so, uh, you might want to re reconsider a few <laughs> things and have some, uh, have some conversations, but, uh, you know, I would say don't, don't be scared to go cheaper on the ring than what you might think. Um, I spent around $2,000 on my ring, 
uh, and you don't have to say what, what you spent on yours, but um, if you don't want to, uh, mine was a custom made and I agree with you on the customs. Like it's a super good way to add some flair. And uh, it really wasn't that expensive, especially if you go with moist night, uh, I believe DLN got a, yeah, it's a custom custom ring. It's a three quarter carat uh, moissanite, and I mean it looks big. Uh, she gets commented. She get it, she gets comments all the time about how nice her ring is, and nobody can tell whether it's a real diamond or a moissanite. Like nobody has a clue. Uh, and eventually, all all you got to do is uh, take the moissanite out, put a real diamond in it, and like any jeweler can any jeweler can do that. Uh, so I I completely second your. Uh, your engagement ring topic uh some girls are like picky about the cut like they want princess cut or square cut or pillow cut or whatever uh, so i would figure out a way to find the cut and actually uh, i need to have my wife on here because what you should do is make like a i don't know if pinterest is still a thing but you could make like a fake pinterest account and then follow their pins i don't know if that's a thing <laughs> i don't i don't know if you can do that but you can, but uh, you also have to know that there's. So I have a Pinterest actually. Uh, I will say a manly Pinterest because I feel like most people think it's just a women's thing. It it really isn't though. There's so many yeah. cool things on there. Uh, I mean, between food, I mean, guns, knives, like uh, wedding ring stuff. I mean, um, I didn't have access to Tiffany's stuff um, because she kind of has those hidden. So she's uh, doesn't have all of her stuff out to the public, you know? And I think that's how probably most people are. And so you could try that route and <laughs> follow her and to see if you can get something. Maybe that's a sneakier way to get that information for the people that want to really surprise somebody. And, um, yeah, I don't think that's a bad way to do that, but, um, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. There's ways to make things work for you, not against you on the ring thing. And one thing to note too, the more questions you ask, the more answers you will get. And so, uh, I'm not saying to ask, uh, really few questions, but if you keep asking questions, they're going to get more detailed with you. And then you're going to have uh, more uh, maybe a harder time finding what they want. And so um, anything that they can give you is helpful of things that they've seen, but um, yeah, I would just know that too. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't ask them all the week that you're going to go buy it either. If you want it to be a surprise, don't just all of a sudden start giving a shit about what ring she wears. <laughs> like don't just all of a sudden start giving a damn about her opinion in wedding rings. If you really want it to be a surprise, um, yep. you know, and it could be like, if you, if you're not even dating a girl yet, uh, you know, if you get dating and if you can do it with enough, uh, charisma, you might could find out on like the second or third date, what kind of wedding ring she likes, you know, if you're, if you want to, yep. you know, drop some riz as the kids like to say, just, uh, start asking <laughs> her what, uh, what her preferred ring of choices. And I guarantee you'll get some answers, uh, before, you know, marriage is even a possibility and then write that shit down and remember it um but yeah it is it is important because I've, I've seen it uh to where guys i don't think they've bought the ring yet but they went ring shopping like around the time when he was going to buy it and the one that he had picked out she was like absolutely not and he was like oh <laughs> no like i don't know what to do but no man it sounds like y'all had a, a pretty good uh pretty good wedding experience was it pretty stress-free i i think leading up to it it, it um could had its stressful moments and part of that was because of it was four or five month process and there was a lot to do and um one of the big things tiffany was awesome i mean she planned basically the whole wedding 
herself. She got input from different people and whatnot. Um, but I think that was probably the most stressful part is because of, Hey, everything was on her to plan. And then of course, like me helping with whatever I could, or she would let me help with. And so, um, I would say that like having a wedding planner is not a bad idea, especially if you want, um, your spouse, your future spouse to be a little bit less stressed about it. Um, now they want everything to be theirs sometimes. And I think uh, I've heard other people say this. I've heard like Tiffany want, of course, her hands on the wedding. So people know that it's hers. And I, I think you can still do that through wedding planners. And if you have the time and you want to do it yourself, you can still do that. There's ways we did it in like four or five months. And so in that amount of time, it is possible, but um, I, I think it's just all the little decisions. I, I would let, I would not let that take away from the excitement of the wedding uh, and minimize that as much as possible. And so wedding planners, I don't think are a bad idea to consider. I know my sister, she went through with a wedding planner here um, locally and she did great. And it's always nice to have someone too, that can like say, hey, if family comes up and says, um, Oh, what is this? And tries to basically boss people around, try and take control of the show. You have someone that's also not family kind of, uh, bystander in a sense, like not involved, uh, where emotions and feelings get hurt and that stay hurt throughout the family and history there, um, that can come in and say, hold up, this is the way it is. And so we had a few people like that. And I would also say wedding planner or just someone like that would be really helpful to have. Completely second that completely second that I hear a lot of people that get concerned about different situations that are going to arise at the wedding and stuff like that and one mm -hmm. of my recommendations was to appoint somebody that you know and you trust and tell them hey i'm worried about this specific situation i'm worried that uh, uncle billy is going to come up and cold cock uncle robbie uh we can't really not invite one of them uh and they're both kind of assholes but we we love them both so uh tell somebody who's not connected to either uncle billy or uncle robbie hey your job is to keep eyes on these two dudes uh, and if one of them starts to go for the other one, you put your body in the way, um, you know what I mean? Yep. Or, or talk them down. Like I, I highly, highly recommend that it's, it's kind of like, uh, this is going to get kind of nerdy, but you know, about projects, do you know about like risk registers in a project? Not as much. No, but okay. Do you know, you know, of risk. So what, what, a, what a risk register is, is when you're looking at a project and you're trying to do like pricing or a schedule for a project, you write down all the risks that could possibly happen that you can think of for this project. Um, oh, we're doing it in December. Uh, they say it's going to be a wet year. The almanac says it's it's rough. So let's put in three more days for this. Um, I highly recommend uh, sitting down with your wife and, and now don't let it get too pedantic, you know, of like, oh, you know, the food might be cold. Like, no, write down significant risks that you think are going to be an issue because every family has them. You know, if you've got a dad and a stepdad situation, uh, and it's not great. Or kind of like you said, if, if you've got a bossy aunt, if you've got a bossy mother, uh, write mm -hmm. that down in your, in your risk register, and then definitely appoint somebody to help you handle that. Uh, so that it's not your responsibility, especially the day of, um, I, that's a good point. And it's, it's kind of funny cause we, we haven't had this conversation. Like you and I have not talked about this and we've got very, very similar opinions on it. Um, so which, yep. which is really cool. So, but Anyway, Jacob, man, I think this has been uh, an awesome episode. We're coming right up on uh, it an hour. I wanted to go about an hour and a half, but uh, I think we've covered everything and we spent a half hour trying to figure out how to make this work. So um, I think we're almost done. Do you have anything else for us? What are your what are your final thoughts on uh, on marriage, Jacob? Man, um, 
I, I think it's a, <laughs> a great thing. If you find, uh, the right person to do it with, that's, um, got similar views, similar beliefs as you. And if, if you, um, follow God's plan for that leading up into it, I think that's going to be so helpful and you can't leave God out of it as you, you move forward with marriage either. He's got to be in the center of everything. And so as you come up with hard times, like it, you will. And like, I mean, I'm two months in, I like, I just know this is going to happen. And we've had our moments um, where uh, we've, we've had uh, conversations or struggles already, but uh, I wouldn't say just major struggles, but like things, other things and harder things will come up in life and keeping God there in the center of it and for guidance and um, is going to be the biggest thing. And so um, I think through wedding stuff, through dating stuff, uh, looking to him, for example, finding people around you, um, godly men and women to support you and hear their opinions as you move forward through it. Um, that that's going to be crucial too. And so I know we had a, a lot of people around us like that and, uh, so grateful for them. Um, that, that was, that was big for us too. So, um, another thing on the wedding deal, delegate, uh, yeah. tasks to people, um, just a quick little tidbit there. Uh, things that you can delegate to other people, do it. So just a yeah, last thought. For sure. Um, I completely agree with you. And, uh, you know, one thing that I do want to kind of add in there is um, this is going to be hard to articulate. And I know we were trying to wrap it up, so I maybe not shouldn't say anything. But uh, I do think that God should be kept at the at the center of the marriage. And that's that's kind of a hard concept for me because, you know, I'm a relatively uh, I call myself like a new adult Christian. Like I, I listen to I did a lot of Christianity stuff when I was in like middle school or high school or something like that, um, but never really meant a whole lot to me. Uh, now I'm a, a new adult Christian uh, trying to be an adult Christian right now. And so that the, the idea and the concept of keeping God at the center of, of, uh, of the relationship is kind of foreign to me. Like it, you know, the complicated explanations aside, my, my main point here is that I think you should, you should have uh, the desire to keep God at the center. You should have desire to have a relationship with God uh, clearly like Jacob and Tiffany do like Kate and Katie do. Uh, and eventually he needs to be the center of the relationship. But if you're struggling with that right now, uh, like Jacob said, find somebody that, that does that well, find some people that you can get around and be around that, that know how to do that. But in the meantime, something that I do is focus on the promise that you did make, uh, because that's what you did when you got married is you made a promise to one another. Uh, and you know, if you said the traditional marriage vows, you involve God in that promise. But if it's hard to conceptualize God being at the center of your marriage, uh, like it is for me, it, it, it's not really, it's difficult for me. So what I do is I focus on the promise that I made. And my hope is that eventually by hanging around people uh, like Jacob and Tiffany, uh, Kate and Katie, eventually we'll be able to, to see, you know, God and how he's the center of the relationship. But in the meantime, focus on the promise that you made and understand that you made a binding promise, a promise that you're going to commit to for the rest of your life. Uh, and focus on that in, in the middle of your marriage. It's, it's two people committing to this promise uh, and committing to one another. So uh, yeah, just, just to add on to that, Jacob, because I, I, I agree, but it, even I still struggle with that, uh, greatly, uh, to this point. So yeah, Jake, what was that? 
Oh, I, I was just going to say, yeah, I agree. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Both people giving 100% out loving each other. And uh, not to say that we struggle with that too. And that's something that we strive for. Uh, so. Absolutely, yeah. man. Well, Jacob, I really appreciate it. I appreciate your patience. Uh, you know, the the Purpose Podcast Studio is far from perfect, like many people's marriages. Uh, and we, and, uh, like my own marriage, far from perfect. And we've got to work on it every day. And today it kind of kicked our butt for a little bit. I really appreciate uh, your your patience uh, with me getting this thing going and uh, being a willing participant in this, uh, in this show. It, it really means a lot to me. And I'm glad that I could finally have you on. Uh, thanks again, man. Yeah, of course. So uh, appreciate you letting me the opportunity to come on your podcast and uh, look forward to spending more time with you, man. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, dude. I uh, So everybody tune in to this Sunday. Uh, we drop Sundays around 9 a.m. for the regular portion of the Purpose Podcast. What you just listened to is part of the One Flesh series of the Purpose Podcast, where we talk everything marriage, uh, just as we did. Uh, so Guys, I really, really appreciate y'all listening to this. I appreciate the interaction that I get on Instagram, though it is few, uh, though it is it is not much. I appreciate what I do. Uh, if you really want to help support what I've got going on here, go follow the underscore purpose podcast on Instagram. Uh, like, share, go rate the podcast if you don't mind. Uh, just just going to throw this out here. If you are local to Amarillo, uh, Jacob and I, we both go to Paramount Baptist Church. So uh, you're always welcome there. Uh, Jacob's a little bit more friendly than I am. So try to go find him. If you do come as a visitor, uh, he's going to treat you a little bit better than I am uh, just because uh, I'm not a, as friendly of a dude as what Jacob is. So uh, if you want to have a good experience, go find Jacob. No, I'm just kidding. You can come find me too. Uh, but yeah, join, uh, think about coming to Paramount Baptist church. And if you don't, uh, if you're not local to Amarillo, go find a church. Uh, you know, part of the thing is that you don't have to super, you don't have to be a super Christian to, to walk into a church. If nothing else, it's a room full of like-minded people. If you're listening to this podcast uh, and you didn't click off of the podcast uh, already, if you didn't click off of this episode already, that means that you've got a lot of things in common with us. And I guarantee that you're going to have a lot of things with common in common with people at your local church. And so, uh, you know, eventually the goal is to be uh, a devout Christian. Eventually the goal is to honor God. Uh, but even if what gets you in the door is just finding a good community, that's enough of a reason to, to go every Sunday and hang out with people, uh, that support the way that you think and the way that you live. So go do that, Jacob. I really appreciate having you on and we'll catch everybody next time. Thanks.